want. Listen to me. We've all been deceived. We need to calmly head towards the exit. Welcome to the Banana Bread and Circus Republic with Crispy and Tono. Your hosts for the end of the world or whatever we're looking at. We're looking at the reset. Yeah, it's uh, we're gonna be fine, ladies and gentlemen. So strap in and join us to recalibrate the soul as we explore the ether and ethics of our evolution. In the space between spaces, there's an intelligence that guides our values and our judgments, which determines who we are, what we're doing, and where we're going. Follow your nose and think for yourself. survival guide to the holiday season <laughs> emotionally speaking mm. and um with that follow up on um my train of thought that took us askew from the uh topic around like holiday movies cuz i had to like shift gears and think about it and then realize like oh gosh yeah like i got to really think like it's top 3 because if it's top 10, there's a lot of them. I don't know. I'm just a weird fan. I enjoy the time with the wife at home, like, away from stuff. I think is I think I could only go top four. Like, I, I think I only have four favorites. Mm. So yeah, yeah. What, what are they? Well, are you we recording mention? right now? Yeah. Oh, we got okay. it. Hey, everybody. We got it going um, on. Uh... Well, uh, number four would be Christmas Story with Ralphie, you know, shooting his eye out. And, uh, you know, just watching the era that that's filmed in, you know, it's supposed to be like the early 50s, you know, like that's. Yeah, like that's when my dad was growing up, and just picturing him as Ralphie is so fun. You know? <laughs> and I'm sure he had some fucking some moments with soap in his mouth. Uh huh. Yeah. But uh, yep. Uh, number three, definitely Christmas Vacation. Uh, with Chevy Chase. Oh yeah, good choice. Yeah. Uh. Just watched that the other night, actually. Nice. I think I've actually watched it twice this season. I don't know. I'm in the holiday mood. Never a bad year. thing. No. Never a bad thing. No. Uh, bad Santa's number two. Bad Sin? Yeah. I was like, I've seen that one. Billy Bob Thornton plays a mall oh. Santa. Yep. Yeah, okay. it's... It's pretty atrocious. I'll take I'll take a look at it for yeah. sure. It's, it it doesn't put you in a good mood, but it's it's good for some holidays. Yeah, some some years. I like Billy Bob. Yeah, and yeah, there's some <laughs> there's some one liners in that movie that are just golden. Yeah, and uh, 
my number one isn't even a Christmas movie. It's just like pure nostalgia for me. Like mm-hmm. from that time of year, for some reason, it's James Bond 007 GoldenEye. No shit. But it's, I think it's because I also had the Nintendo 64 at the time. So, uh-huh. you know, I was like, I watch that and I go play N64 and then oh, that's fall, dope, asleep, dude. fall asleep and wake up to Christmas. I don't know. I don't know, but. It's a nice timestamp. I bet. Yeah. For you. Yeah. Not that's Christmas, awesome. Not a Christmas movie. So I guess that's in there with an asterisk. Well, there's a few that are, they, they're listed as Christmas movies for whatever reason that they are. I'm Die Hard. Yeah, that seems to be a that's debate. That's a good one. And that's, yeah, like, there's one of the, that's like an obvious debate, I guess, but I, I'm one who actually has not gone down that association enough. I and mean, maybe I just haven't watched it well enough. Yeah, it takes place know? on Christmas. Yeah, like, that's what I, yeah, yeah here. Um. So there's a few that are like that, like they take place, but there's like, like people watch them for different reasons. The, like the Home Christmas, Alone, yeah, is another good example. I think, you know, sure, yeah. not necessarily a Christmas movie, but exactly. it takes place at Christmas. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting choice to associate it with that. Less people Fine. argue that that's a Christmas movie, I guess, but but I'd then. I'd say more people would say that's a Christmas movie than Die Hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, but then there was that comparison, too, which I thought was interesting that you asked about last time, comparing it to, like, mine versus hers. Oh, yeah. You know? Because, yeah. like, Jocelyn, she likes The Holiday, right? And I've seen way too much of The Holiday. Like, that's one of I those I don't even that, know what that is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. It's I'm, a pretty... It's funny. I want to hear... Jude Law, Cameron Diaz, Jack Black, and Kate Winslet, I think. But oh, uh, okay, I think I do kind of. Remember. Yeah, it's one of the, it's one of those like you know, just very like touchy feely, warm and cozy type things, and that's why she likes it. It's like a Christmas date movie. Yeah, like it. You know, I'm not gonna go over the plot. You can watch it if you want to. I don't know, but it's it's like those types of movies that show and like. Ones from her childhood, like Babes in Toyland, which is interesting because, like, Keanu Reeves and this role, like, before he got really big with the Matrix and stuff, like, this very, like, energetic, kind of like bouncy. Whoa. Cause, like, yeah, like, <laughs> like the, the Dave and fuck, I'm going to botch the fucking title. What, what does it, what's that movie? Dave and, um, so and so's, like, great adventure. Oh, oh. Uh, Bill and Ted's. Bill and Ted. Thank you, <laughs> Dave. <laughs> See, I knew I was gonna butcher that because I. I'm gonna fuck this up. I watched Dave. It. I watched it, but it's like for whatever reason I can't quite. Did you watch the new one or the first two? The first two. Yeah. So here's okay. Just because like there's a few years between me and you, this is probably what's lost on you on. On Bill and Ted, there was a cartoon of it, too. Saturday morning cartoon. Interesting. And that kind of, that kind of, I don't remember, I think it came after the movies, but, or it, it came after the first one, and then by the time the second one came out, Mm. like, kids wanted to see, you know, the second movie. Like, 
turns out most of the cartoons that used to be on as as kids they were just you know half an hour advertisements for toys you know mm. like mm-hmm. so yeah lots uh, of marketing in that department totally. that's how power rangers got huge oh in my time like God. shit like that that like that's very it. much coincided with like the action figure well it's i mean power rangers i think were the peak of it you know mm. like they either that or like the the wrestling figures oh yeah but uh I had a whole freaking collection of, like, starting lineup sports uh, figures, man. I was so, like, obsessed. I got so obsessed with it where, like, I had so many different sports that I didn't The ones that just do the one pose and maybe you can, like, turn them in one spot. Like, their arm goes down or 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 their hip twists. You just manipulate the object so much that, like, you just, you're, you're you're totally enamored and like one with this imagination world of you have all these outcomes. Like I used to have stats for them because of like what they were doing. Well, and, and those were actually pretty cool toys. I was pretty like, nerdy with it. They, they did a really good job with those, you know, for the time. Like mm-hmm. those, I agree. Those, they weren't necessarily toys. They were more like, you know, like mini miniature statues, you know, you could manipulate them a little bit, but like they, the like they they actually looked like the players, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were very realistic. Um, freaking, yeah. Where was I going? So, um, yeah, movies like that where like the the freaking I don't know how we got onto action figures, but. Um, they're fucking cool. They are. They are very cool. Sorry, I'm. I'm trying not to swear, Jared. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Uh, yeah, I can't. Um, those are the main two that I know she likes a lot, and I think yeah, like base Toyland being the second. We have certain like because it all depends on what you why you like a certain one. Like I know the Babes in Toyland one was just because it was like something from her childhood and um, it's great like we usually save those those cherished ones towards the end so i'm trying to like backpedal on like what do we usually watch towards the end and one of them is uh jim carrey as uh ebenezer scrooge in christmas carol okay they did like a digitalized like cgi'd uh version of it and it was actually really good like for a for a Christmas Carol movie, like that's a high standard. Um, Jim Carrey Scrooge, huh? Yeah, and he's great. He's awesome. Nice. Yeah, I really got a kick. I get a kick out of that every year. Yeah. And speaking of Scrooge, Bill Murray and Scrooged. You ever watch that? Yeah, that's, that's a go-to as well. Yeah, that, that's one of those ones <laughs> awesome. where, like, I've never. I've never watched it all the way through. Like, I've either seen, you know, the first three quarters or the last three quarters. Right. Yeah. Maybe I'll fix that this year. Yeah, do it. It's a good one. Um, I enjoy it. I also enjoy Bill Murray's, like, Christmas um, 
whatever blues, like the special he did. It's like a Bill Murray Christmas oh, okay, yeah, or whatever, yeah. very Murray Christmas or yeah. something like that. On it's always on. It's like a Netflix. I remember seeing thing. that, or I didn't watch it, but I remember. Oh, dude, it's past, awesome. <laughs> I I loved. It. I got really fucking baked <laughs> and watched it, and it's like, dude, they actually really put on a pretty awesome performance. Like singing wise, like Jocelyn was sleeping through it so like that's there was that but uh i uh i enjoyed it was it christmas night after the feast christmas night after the feast with the when you were watching it oh no i don't think we go that deep with it yeah no that's usually like mid-december something like late at night so but i had i i loved it i just watched it without her and was like i like George Clooney makes an appearance in it and shit and like doing like Santa Claus wants some love and Santa Claus wants some love and you know just like very uh just witty and just like it was awesome they got like snowed in at their whatever hotel and so his show his whole thing got canceled that's that's the whole like, his whole special got canceled. It. Yeah, so they're all yeah. snowed in, and right. so then all there's, there's all these cameos that come in and do these songs and really quality songs. Like the sound, it sounded great. Well, yeah, it was a production. Productions, but sometimes those can go. They know, didn't actually get over snowed in. You top. know that, though. Oh yeah. Oh okay. no. Okay, I'm just checking. <laughs> what they didn't? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making sure. You're like, well, for you being the- snowed in, it sounded really good. Yeah. <laughs> Low key at the bar, random random <laughs> singers coming up and just like schmoozing and oh, George, George Clooney's doing karaoke tonight. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great movie. Uh, documentary. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Christmas, Christmas blues, uh, Christmas ha- chaos. Very Merry Christmas. Christmas chaos lately. Oh, this year? Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, it was already chaotic coming into the holiday season. I was like, oh, I'm so looking forward to the holidays. Gonna just lounge as much as I can just to reboot the engines and just chill have a nice chill time don't feel pressured with stuff deadlines and goals it's like it's constantly going and um kind of like a like a i don't want to say a breaking point but definitely feeling like the levee's about to break like the dam is about to overfill it's crazy the feeling the immense pressure as far it's as wild. Like your capacity for it, or or it's just you know it's the pressure's just about to release. Right? It's just a, the feeling of yeah, uh-huh. the feeling of yeah, pressure's about to either either release or implode. Either way, um, it's a signal to simply um, regroup and breathe. Don't forget to breathe and just. just recognize like wait a minute that maybe this is actually a feeling that i haven't quite discovered yet maybe i'm actually like what is the bright side to this okay what is the lessons like we were talking earlier about learning from mistakes Um, because like going into this podcast i actually felt again that tightly wounded thing last week and probably our our previous recording for those of you listening and between us two, for me, didn't feel like, oh, I, 
like I put my best foot forward in terms of like having consciously present, you know, with whatever topic we're talking about, but also like just in general, like that presence of mind where like if I have 50, th- 50 different things on my mind, um, it makes it 10 times more difficult. And so the Christmas chaos, the holiday blues, whatever we want to call it, it's, it's a solstice period. So it's a reckoning of sorts with where we're at in, uh, both our personal calendar and our galactic context. So, yeah. And I don't even want to like, I'm not in the mood this year to kind of lay on to the backs of people like the origins of Christmas or, or how, Jesus wasn't actually born in December. We won't get into <laughs> any of that this year. That we'll save that for next year. You feel an itch? Uh, no, I just I feel like there's bigger fights to pick right yeah. now than than Christmas is a lie. You know, sure. So, yeah, yeah. Because openly, I'll say it right flat out that me and my wife, we were feeling like, okay, this is like. How many years we've had the same, like just the older we get, time seems to condense more and more. And you feel like the last year, like it's either you recover the magic or you don't really plain and simple. And that happens regardless of how crazy you went with a Christmas list or how like, and part of this is like just her nature and then kind of conditions me to become my nature to kind of like. Oh yeah, Compar- I mean, it, like yeah, it becomes it becomes your guys's uh, ritual, or, yeah, or or custom. And yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say from that is like just like just running around and buying gifts and making a nice little presentation or a package of things and like how carefully thought out everything was because that's how and that's not necessarily my nature to do like right out of the gate, but I know it matters to her, and it is fucking. Cool, so I tend you know? to. Yeah, fall See, into that. Seeing a seeing a nice Christmas tree with a bunch of stuff under it, it's like Oh yeah, no, I don't want to bash any of that. But it's like there's a there's a you know, functioning family behind that tree. For know? sure. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. No, like that is a sign of a very like even though well, there's a many it's different a sign of a roads bunch of to different go. Things, sign of a, do- a sign of a lot of things. The point is is that um this year we decided to take a break from that. And just like kind of try and recreate something where we just kind of celebrate it in a new way, where it was more focused on how we're spending time together. Mm. Like what are what what are we cooking? Yep. And like what are we what are we serving it with? What are we drinking? What are we uh what or, are what are, are we, we spending the time with? And how are we gonna spend that oh, time with those yeah. people? Yeah. Yeah. Getting off the device. Like the this, gifts. This the, last the the consumerism of it is Sure. Poison. And the consumerism you know? of time, like realizing it's like this past great, weekend it's great for the children. How much time you spend just like head down, eyes on the road, eyes on the phone, and at the checkout aisle. It's like it's like there's so many boom 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 whap 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 like you're just like it just like puts you onto this like you're on a conveyor belt when you're going through time rather than actually walking through time. So things like the phone, my phone broke this past weekend, which has been weird, you know, 
like weird. Like honestly, that was one of the things. Like it was like the last snowflake for the avalanche to start Bad. to you know show what how much mass this thing actually is, and then realize, oh shit, yeah, I gotta. It was also in pretty rough shape though, too. Yeah. <laughs> to be of, fair, yeah. it wasn't just a software fail. Uh huh. No. Yeah. And it's it's one of those. Um, again, it's a signal to recognize it, and then remember to focus on something else. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to focus on something else, but still maintain that that spirit of why we why we celebrate things like that. Right. Whether it doesn't matter what you celebrate this time of year, it's for some reason or another, it's a time of year to be celebratory. It's a time of year to appreciate things and and reconnoiter and mend mend wounds or whatever and mm -hmm. you know, build bridges yeah, and yada yada. Totally. And so like that's what I'm trying to focus on this year. Like normally I'm normally I'm more bah humbug, but mm. like this year I'm trying to, and it it's hard. It is because my mother's like, so I showed so and so my Christmas village. Like, oh god, that's amazing. What they think? Holy shit! I don't know these people, and like her Christmas village is like her entire fucking thing. Mm. Like. Wow, it's no, it it's insanity. It, it's yeah, no. Well, well, is it that type of village where like it's like literally like the house decorated and everything, where it's like no, uh, no, no. Uh, it's, you, or it's you like seen a mini, Beetle, you a seen Beetlejuice? I, I so long ago, but yes, but no. You remember the model really remember. of the town that he had up in his attic that he was building? Like, I don't remember that. But yeah, it, basically, like picture like four tables, five tables this size put together and then right. just covered in miniature buildings with and they all light up and 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 she's you know, she's got like fake felt, you know, she's got like white felt and then like a bunch of like chopped up shredded plastic fucking white shit that kinda looks like snow but it isn't because it's just powderized fucking plastic and she pays money for this shit and 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 when we finished moving her last year and you know she's like oh my village my village it's all fucking there and it was except for the plastic bag full of shredded white plastic bags that she paid money for oh god fucking mm -hmm. it's like go get fucking they sell. Oh, just go buy more trash at Walmart. Fuck. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I love you, mom. But yeah, we threw out your fucking snow. Wasn't real snow. Go buy more snow. <sighs> Do you feel like your levee's about to break? Well, no. With no, I was. Nah, that was just something I had. To get off my well, the the village thing. Yeah, I could see how it kind of goes back to the whole action figure thing. Like back to that imaginative. It was space of like maybe not manipulating objects, but at least manipulating their their character and their it was it their was layout blah blah blah. 
No, it was more, I don't know. it was more the, you know, like, you know, my brother and I, with the help of a few friends, like we moved all of her shit from one place to another. And it's like, yeah, out of all of your shit, it all made it except for this one bag of trash <laughs> that you mm-hmm. haul around. It's like, so go buy it. Go right. Buy, go buy more trash. Right. Right. Like all of it's re- like replaceable. Yeah. Especially the, the day. <laughs> yeah. take, take a white plastic shopping bag and throw it in a blender and you could make your own shit. And that's the thing that's like really starting to get to me as far as like asking the question more of like your house is on fire. What do you grab? Fire extinguisher? For sure. Oh. If you have one uh, right there. But when you, if you know that, oh, you have to get out, what do you, what do you grab? And so, yeah, we've had actually a decent run in with that at our previous apartment. We, it would go, the fire alarm for the whole building would go off in the middle of the night and we'd have to like have a moment like that, even though it, at the end, thank God it was just one of those drills, uh, that they, you know, the fire alarm was on the fritz and it just went off for no reason, thankfully, but it's yeah, middle of the night and you gotta, you gotta make a split decision and, uh, the wrestle the cat out of the fucking house. <laughs> Get it in its carrier. He's whining the whole time. But uh, anyway, in relation to that story, I I think I'm past the statute of limitations on this. I really hope so. If not, then it wasn't me in this story, but it's totally fictional, or it was somebody else. But uh, yeah. Somebody I know ended up uh, pulling a fire alarm in a, like, 50-unit apartment complex. Oh, fuck. In Burlington one night. That's not cool. At, like, 2 in the morning. Yeah. It was funny at the time, (laughs) they said. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. They also claimed to have no memory of it because, you know, early 20s. But, uh, sure. Yeah. Apparently the last thing that was said before it happened, you know, they, they tapped their buddy on the shoulder as they were going from the third to the second floor in the stairwell where the fire alarm was. And was like, Hey, how fast can you run right now? It's like, I don't know why. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Glad they got impulsive behavior. Glad, (laughs) glad they got that out of their system. Right. Oh well, thankfully it it, those false alarms do exist because when you're when you're in that mode and you gotta like make a make one of those like quick decisions like you've rehearsed it so many times in your head and your heart, but then when until you have that moment, it's like yeah you. There's always, there was always this feeling of mine, like if there were, like as a kid, even like I would save this first, obviously, cause that's the family. But then I would wait and see if the house was still on fire enough that I could go back in and I'd grab this, this and that, because 
that's the real, you know, like that's like the shit that like gives it a, is worth it, worthy of a second thought. And then you actually have the, you assess the action of going. Thankfully, I've never been in, uh, faced with having to make that decision. I don't wish that on anybody or me at all, but, um, it was always that thought of like, yeah, again, like everyone probably yelling, screaming, shot, what the fuck are you doing going back in there? You know, like, and, yeah. Well, also, you know, like when they happen in the middle of the night like that, like what you're describing, you know, mm-hmm. you wake up to smoke and, you know, your smoke detector going off and that right. sort of shit. Right. It's like you're already in a panic because you, you know, you, you were asleep and then, yeah. Can barely like, breathe, can't see. Right. Like, oh my God. Life, life is first. You get. You and your loved ones out. Yeah, that will definitely do it. I mean, like, that's like, holy shit, get to safety. But most, most house fires from Mm. what I'm aware of, most house fires start in the kitchen while people are awake, you know, while they're cooking, you know? Yeah. Like, grease fire or something, and then they go to throw it in the fucking sink and pour water on it thing just erupts and the whole kitchen goes up and before you know it like yeah go get your shit yeah because that would do it man go get your cucka sorry shit dude that would happen you would fucking sear fucking eyebrows and shit off and it would just go insane you can you can find a lot of videos of people you know like shit they open up you know they're like oh oh it's burning in the oven they open up the oven and like that amount of oxygen, like right. makes it flare because of whatever grease is in there, whatever they're cooking. They pull it out. Right. They panic. They're like, "Uh, water! I'm gonna put it in the sink." And they put it in the sink and pour water on it. Water on a grease fire right. is It'll spit and spat. Uh, it's an explosion. Yeah, like it's a small explosion. Like water and grease fired does not mix yeah right what do you do you cover it yeah yeah, or, yeah you cover or, it or or a fire, fire extinguisher, extinguisher but but uh i've also heard salt but i heard yeah, that that also depends on how big it is if it if it's just big. a pan you know size then yeah maybe but you're you're gonna use well, a whole box of and salt with a pan you that. could just cover it anyway right i mean mm-hmm. a pan's easy to contain it's those gigantic turkey bird like pans that are like fucking gulfed in flames. Well, pan size, you know, but if it wasn't in a pan, say it was like directly on the stovetop itself, and right. yeah, salt would be pretty handy. Okay. Um, that would, it works the same way as like pouring sand or dirt on a fire. Right. You know, just yeah. Smothers it. To me, it's like, yeah, just cover it. Why waste the salt? I mean, I used to always use the salt because there were so many grease fires on the grill at one point. Like, it was crazy. I mean, just. I've cooked bacon in all the wrong ways, let me tell you. Um, Cooking the bacon (laughs) in all the wrong ways. Should we have a laugh? I don't know which one it is, but yeah. Yeah, hit whatever. whatever. Let's go with this one right here. Hit it. Look, cashmere rice, and you swing, just chill. No buts, too. Link and I are cruising the mountain, bro, and we figure we's a little juice. No, we think the juice. Wheezing the juice. No, 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 wheezing the juice. No, wheezing the juice. Hey, don't. 
<laughs> Dude, having having that just the audio where I can picture the thing happening, but what's even more <laughs> hilarious is the picture I'm picturing. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> if you if you hadn't you seen through. that scene, it wouldn't right. be funny. <laughs> Sorry, people. Encino man, watch it. It's great. And pay Brendan Fraser for it. Does that qualify as a Christmas movie? Because it's a guy who cryogenically frozen and he unfreezes. No, uh, maybe not. He's, he's kind of. It's more of like a Easter movie, I think. You know, because the thaw. That's a good point. But I don't know. Yeah, there we go. That's my new Easter movie. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, can't find a good Easter movie these days. They're all for kids. Most of them. Anyway, where were we? Frickin' talking about the complexities of the holiday season. Oh, God, yeah. How to maneuver them and maintain your sanity amongst those that you love. How do you maintain yours? Uh, I scream inside my head a lot and, um... I I headbutt things that aren't people or animals or vegetables, and uh, I just tell myself that it'll be, all be over soon. <laughs> no, I'm, it depends <laughs> on what year. You know, this year it's fine. Hmm. Well, that's nice to hear. But Neutrality is nice. Yeah, uh, it's quite. The breath of fresh air. In fact, I sometimes pray for it. Just some neutrality. Like, I think, you know, looking back at some of the people that I admire and how they dealt with it, you know, throughout their lives when they didn't necessarily care for it or believe in it or yada yada, you know, they, they look at their loved ones that do enjoy it and they relish in that, you know, like, that's really what it's about is, you know, like, connecting with your loved ones, even if it's a small tribe, you know, doesn't necessarily having, have anything to do with going out of your way to talk to people that you don't like just because you're related to them. If you don't want. Right. But you also can. Quality time. Right. Whatever that means. Right. Yeah, it reminds me of, uh, goddamn, is it Ricky who says it on Trailer Park Boys? Ricky. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, just go home. Go. Go home and get drunk with Drunken Stone with your friends and family. Like that (laughs) that whole gimmick of like, you know, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're in church. Go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I might have to watch that tonight. I forgot they did a Christmas movie. Yeah, it's like one of their old, older bits that they did, actually, which was quite like, I enjoy it. And it's because it has like, they did so much with like earlier episodes, like premises of like, you know, Bubbles still not knowing who the fuck, where his family 
went. Yeah. <laughs> He's just there. Oh, they left me in a mall. Yeah. So he opens, I think, that present. He's like, oh, it's a bubble maker. Bubble maker. <laughs> <laughs> and then the fucking... Oh, God damn it. Sorry. Oh, shit. And then his, uh, his, his trailer, or his shed burns down, and uh, his bubble maker is in a... Yeah. yeah, that was later, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was sad. That was a sad day. Yeah, Bubbles. We love you, Bubbles. I saw him, the guy, Mike Smith, um, in something recently. I was like, that's fucking Bubbles. And Jocelyn's like, no, it's not. Like, that is Bubbles. And then you waited until the end, and it was. I looked it up right there, and I was like, yeah, that's fucking Mike Smith. Mike Smith said this. Holy shit, he's playing some random dude. Just like J-Rock and uh, Shorzy. Uh-huh. It's like, like JJ, Frankie JJ, Jean Jacques, Jean, Jean Jacques, Francois Jean Jacques, or whatever his name is. JJ, Frankie JJ. <laughs> That's J Rock. Yeah. Familiar faces. Um, yeah, good stuff. So, yeah, holiday spirit. Be with your loved ones and. Um, try to just take it one step at a time. Try and help those that need help. For sure. Try and be decent. Try and be, you know, giving if you can. Try and be caring. Yeah. One of those years, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that's the thing. I feel like once, and maybe it's just different for everybody. Like, I think it's a conscious effort on everyone's part to some degree, some more than others, you know, like, like me in certain respects, just with some of the things that have through the process of trying to develop things, grow things and cultivate stuff, uh, be, you know, just with all of the, enthusiasm I have for my things, I can tend to let it kind of take over a little too much, you know? Uh, so I'm trying to figure out, it's like, where do I, how do I navigate this? Cause I feel like I'm right. I'm so close, uh, but it's like, it's a puzzle uh, of times a puzzle. It's, it's extraordinary because it, it's not just about priorities. Like, there's plenty of them. It's, about it's a matter. Yeah, it's like you have to really um, make it be the forefront for your ability, your bandwidth to focus on whether it's multiple things at once or if it's all of them in just different areas, different sectors that are all conducive to a common goal. So it's like, and also sometimes when you don't have any control over it, just making the most of the time that you have. You yeah. Know? Sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's as simple as that. That's the thing. It's so deceptively simple. And that was the thing I really appreciated about getting the head injury all those years ago. It was a horrible thing. It hurt. You're welcome. Fucking getting bonked on the head in a hockey game fucking hurt. <laughs> and then, you know, instant headache and you realize, like, can you make the extra shift and the one time I was like, because I can usually push through something. Is one of your eyes always black? Right. Like, 
No, that's just the dilation officer. I'm the ref. Get back in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like you. Oh man, I was having this excellent conversation with uh, with somebody recently about narcissism and the fact that narcissism isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like it's not bad equals narcissism. It's like narcissism. I think NPD is a pretty intense, terrible thing. I think that mm. that shit needs to get addressed if that's what it is. Or narcissistic what, personality disorder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like the big attention seekers of the world. That was actually just a guess. Oh, it's a good guess because that's what it is. Um, and it's not to say I have I have all these things, but the interesting fact is, so I write about things like autism in my book, Cognitive Liberty. I could have just as equally replaced the word autism with narcissism. Uh, Only, yeah. well... Maybe not in the regards of like of uh in regards to uh the sensory aspects of it, like there are certain things that are just people are wired differently right, like predisposed to being stuck in yourself versus so uh so tickled with yourself that you're just cons- inner innerly consumed perhaps and then and then you've also got like the the people that are what you would consider neurotypical non-neurodivergent but they're more introspective you know they're more inside themselves and it's all about how they come off to a specific perceptive perceptive audience like the perception of others to the person matters in terms of that that binary relationship that that symbiotic connection of receptors that are going on so to the, complete what? But the point is what? Yeah. To complete what? Right. To complete like well, just the sense of who this person is, right. what their deal is, to, your whatever impression, Seriously. right? That's all yeah. really those receptor relationships are, right? It's just the impression that we have of others in the world, right? Um, now, that's not to say the world only exists within us. That's a whole other conversation, and we're pretty far into our time here. And I know we have a we have a we have a hard stop, so I'm going to try and keep this brief. I didn't mean like you could readily sub- substitute the word autism with narcissism. No, 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 no. That, but the character, not, yeah. The, yeah, the characteristics Sorry. of how they're both actually some kind of a spectrum. Like you can have these shadow symptoms of both autism and narcissism. There are these hidden forces that are part of that individual identity. And what makes them tick and, you know, what uh, feeds on itself. We're self-referencing beings at the end of the day. So when it came to mind of, of this whole narcissism thing, athletes, right? Take Talk to any athlete. If they're not a little bit narcissistic, they probably suck. Well, I mean, I I would say even beyond athletes, just like anybody you would consider, you know, an alpha type or an A-type personality is going to have a little of that fuck you, I can do it, I don't care what you say or what you know, you know, attitude. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's what a coach wants out of players who are ready and willing to step up to the plate. And if you if you can't step up to the plate, if you're too timid or whatever, uh you're you 
Not to say that people like that wouldn't be narcissists. I'm digging, I'm digging a pretty big hole for myself here. I oh, no, no. I, well, I'm like well, this is, backpedaling, wait a minute. No, this is a great- This is not what I mean, but this is what I mean. This is a great thought experiment because, you know, like, narcissism can only survive with inherent intelligence because if that person's a fucking idiot and they think that highly of themselves- they're going to die young. Mm -hmm. So, like, there is an inherent high intelligence level to narcissists. Because Oftentimes. at the end of the day, we are on our own. At the end of the day, like, you come into this world tethered to your mom. You, go, you leave this world alone. I mean, that is the reality. Like, you go through the gateway. Makes you wonder, like, how many of those kids that they get breastfed until, like, seven years old end up <laughs> thinking super highly of themselves enough to be narcissists, you know? Like, maybe, it might be a surprising number. I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah. like some of them are probably just beaten into submission until their early 30s. There's so many factors. Because one thing could easily divert anything, any imprint on an infant or I mean, their the, upbringing. Just mentioning that your mom breastfed you until you were seven is going to kill any first date, you know? <laughs> yeah, keep that private. <laughs> keep that to yourself. Just in case any of you are out there, hey, no no harm, no foul, I guess, but uh, hope the squeeze was worth the juice. <laughs> what can I say? I like the, hey, I like the taste. <laughs> it was just my style. Right, my necessary. My ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Make ice ice cream Dude, uh, nourishment. There was some crazy liberal lactating hens that wanted they they lobbied Ben and Jerry's to make a breast milk ice cream. <laughs> and this was I think this was like just You're pre kidding. it was either what just happening? it was either just pre pandemic or <laughs> or mid. Like just just in, I forget. But yeah. No. Uh oh wow. I would love to see that happen. <laughs> and then just like how unbelievably fucked it's up. It's not though. natural to be eating milk from another animal and how dare you I'll give you mine. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, isn't that one of the, the thoughts of like anti, not anti dairy? Well, maybe, but the the aversion to dairy products is a result of this sort of dogmatic view of how you shouldn't really have uh, milk other than from the specific mammal of species that you are. Isn't that like the uh, there's Isn't that like a so Chinese, much Chinese historical medicine? argument against that, and even if it is a Chinese medicine, a lot of Asians, just because, you know, it hasn't been part of their food group forever, are lactose intolerant. So, mm. yeah, if you're following that, then, yeah, they're, they're going to be leading against you know, anything lactose-based. But then there are some Asians, like the Mongols, they they drank their horse milk 
they drank their horse blood. Like they would, Whoa. they if they were starving on a long trip, they would pinprick their horse and suck the blood off it. They were vampiring the shit out of their horses. No, it was just nutrients. No, I know, I'm kidding. Yeah, but I mean, I don't want to exacerbate it. But I mean, this is a you know seven hundred pound animal. Like it can. That's wild. If it's willing to let you do it, mm-hmm. you know, s- sucking off of it is going to help it clot, but also you're getting nutrients off of it. Mm. And yeah, I mean, they were, they were horsemen and I mean, yogurt, they, they were one of the inventors of yogurt, but they made it with horse milk. Really? Yeah. I don't want to be sounding like bigoted or racist by any means, but my impression is that that was an Indian thing. Well, the yogurt thing. Mongols went through India at one point, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, but also, I mean, the Indians, the Greeks, like, yogurt, you know, pops up throughout civilization. It's just, uh, hmm. you know, certain cultures are introduced to rotting milk and mm-hmm. you get a certain byproduct off well, of it. Raw milk, especially the stuff that's already existing in milk. Yeah. You know, yeah, pretty easy to do, right? I've made some myself. Oh, not great. Fucking love raw milk. Dude. Oh, my God. Me too, right? And we were talking about fermentation before we turned the mics on. And just real quick, I wanted to mention that, like, that impression piece around, like, uh, specific vintages for wines and things. And we were talking about this past year of cider making season to be kind of one Batching of those the apples and... and- yeah. yeah, like the like you were saying, the terroir of the place, the the mindset of the place, the climate of the place, right? All of that, all in that one. Even if you just do it for your own records, it's still worth it. Oh, for for sure, I will. Oh. I mean, that's that's definitely it's going in the book. I mean, what I've made previously is already in the book, and then this is going in the book from today. Um, but, um. But what I was thinking is like it's kind of it's kind of amazing because you with regard to fermentation and like from that previous conversation I mentioned where they talked about mead and beer and beer being the 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 winner of the two so to speak because around the 1700s apparently during, during the Renaissance you were saying yeah according to this person um can't remember the name of this person offhand so I apologize but. Um, up and up until the Renaissance, mead was kind of the the go to. Yep, the go to. And then what happened? Like at it least, was like at during least, that, at least in Western Europe. Yeah, during that Renaissance period, I think is like the way it's the way I understand it. Because with that economic boom period, y- you have more uh, innovation around stretching. You know your unit of farmlands were expanded, and and honey was more difficult to cultivate or acquire uh, during those times. So they favored, yeah, they favored the grains and stuff. And also looking it up, Groot is that type of beer that um, people used to make that used like you know different types of botanicals like. A whole different range of botanicals. I'm, I'm um, picturing something unique that, to 
picturing something that like has the botanical like range of gin. Yeah, like in a can, probably. Mm -hmm. It just depends on the area, I think. Unique to the area. Canning? Uh, Oh, you said, and it can. Sorry. No, yeah, sorry. I thought you said, in a can. I'm like, (laughs) well, they weren't canning back then. Yeah. Probably my weird, like, (laughs) nasal, inner inner ear, inner nose. I'm only wearing one of my headphones, so. Oh, you're good. Um, they use different botanicals prior to, like, what kind of took over that whole, uh, re- all those recipes was hot when hops took over. Uh, prior to that, it was all kind of native, whatever was growing in your area, that like whatever flowers or buds and stuff that would, you know, go well in brews, they would be using those, and it's called Groot. And it's like fruit, but with a G. And during these times, what was wine doing? Wine was wine. Like- I I don't. I'm not an expert on this, but I, my understanding is in Europe, it was extremely popularized. Mm. You know, and so much so that they tried to actually bring like our settlers, like American settlers at the time, tried to actually bring. Uh, grapevines to the United States, only a few actually took. And so that's why they gravitated naturally, like the original 13 colonies gravitated more to apple trees because they were more conducive to this, to this area Uh, at that time and onward, like even today, it's still the case, but we're actually seeing more these days of grape varietals that are actually taking root and they actually are more palatable than some of the some of the stereotypes of Vermont wines. Um, I can't name them offhand. One of them is Marquette. If you ever see Marquette on a bottle that's from Vermont, buy it. That's an excellent, most likely an excellent, uh, yeah, excellent drink um, as far as a wine goes. But anyway, um, the botanical thing, the beer thing. So the mead took a back seat to ale. Um, in that time period, apparently. And my thought process of this, of why the reason I bring it up in the first place is like, when it comes to ferments, when it comes to, uh, you know, things like, uh, bread, things like the beer, you know, chances are they're, they're probably once you discover that heat element and then you, um, make teas and stuff like that, like what, botanicals are is that's essentially boiled tea like or steeped tea and then you you ferment you know the starches that are resident res, uh, resident in the the product the tea once it cools down and there are natural yeasts all around us but so it's just a matter of like specific signatures in that moment that are present in that jar bottle whatever and uh, having that having that controlled environment and yeah you know making sure that you know more or, or not controlled right right depending on what you're going for totally some of it is so mysterious to me it's such a microcosm of of uh you know just an enigma of going that deep into that the whole universe that's going on in that in that liquid is is insane and 
I don't know. I feel like the reason I even bring this up is that we've kind of taken that for granted. And that was part of... There's a lot of activity in there. Part of one of my Christmases, like Christmas magic moments. Like it was one of those things that like hit me like a ton of bricks. It was like, whoa, okay. This is definitely something to mess with because you can experiment so much and just discover a whole new profiles of flavors. It's amazing. Um, yeah, it's quite, quite, a, quite amazing. A lot of play to it and a lot of reward to it, but a lot of work to it. Yeah, fun work though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it was Khalil Gibran who um Greg Braden quotes often. So I'm actually quoting Braden, but according to him, Khalil Gibran once said that work is love made visible. And so I try to create a lot with what I have. And that is my love made visible. Certainly wholesome work is love made visible. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I would have it's to hard agree. to argue with that. Yeah, and with that, any did you have any closing thoughts on this? Oh fuck! Um, don't swear as much. And uh, let's see. Um, be kind to those you love. Be kind to those you don't know. You don't know what they're going through, and you know sometimes. Sometimes that little uh, willingness to understand on your part is what's going to bridge the gap between you and a stranger being, you know, strangers or friends. So, Hmm. um, yeah, and it's a good time of year to have just an open heart, but not like in a surgery sense. Oh, I know what you mean. For yeah. sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. Being present. Present more. Presence is, uh, I think it's always welcome amongst the people that want to be with you. So, yeah, do that as much as you can. Love it. All right. Well, till next time. Sir. Thank you. Love thank you. you for being here with me. Folks, share this time. And thank you, folks, for for listening. Um, yes. Thank you very much. Yeah. Give us a, feel free to comment, um, share, and follow. Give your loved ones a hug. Yeah. Onward. Cheers, sir. Cheers. Cheers.